right, so um, we're back. We're back for uh, an episode two. Hello, happy election day to everybody out there. Um, and once again, welcome to the Eagle Space Repercharge Set Go here on the Rugby Network Twitter space. And for episode two, we're live again. This is a live interactive show for rugby fans joining in wherever you are here in the US or anywhere else around the world. Um, honestly, can't thank people enough for all the lovely comments that came in uh, from last week, all the people that joined us on the show or who listened in later on. Honestly, it really meant a lot. Um, I'm really hoping that you enjoy this next episode as well. If you're new, don't worry, you're very welcome. Really do, welcome along. Uh, my name is Will Hooley. I'm a current rugby player here at San Diego Legion and for the USA. And I'm joined once again by USA Rugby Nut. I've given you that as like a tagline. I don't know if you like it, but uh, journalist and podcast creator, none other than Mr. Eagles oversees himself, Bill Baker. Bill, how are you doing? I am good, man. You know, I'm. I I I, I like. I want to put in my my byline also. Uh, used to think I was good at rugby once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm great. You know, I actually will. I'm actually really happy to see you here, or you know, hear you here because I thought for sure you possibly won the lottery to go up because literally was in your backyard where someone oh don't you know what i'm not gonna lie i did get a powerball ticket yesterday for my sins i honestly thought maybe this is the day who could blame anyone for going for it at two point what was it 2.02 billion dollars and it was here in california um 68 miles away i clocked it so <sighs> i'm disappointed but i can tell you bill if i had one I'd still be doing this. I'll still be doing the Eagle Space with you. Well, well we might have delayed it a day because you need to call your attorneys. You need to, you know, tell your wife. Maybe, maybe we'll do it tomorrow night or the next night. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'd have to try and get a financial advisor in quick. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, we haven't won. So, but how are you doing? Uh, and and I suppose I guess the, the first question as such we've got to talk about. It was an early start on Sunday. How how did you cope? Seven a.m. for you? It was four a.m. for me. How was it for you? Yeah, nothing for me. I'm usually up at six thirty, six o'clock anyway. So for you, I remember sending you a message. I think your wake up call. Um, you awake yet? <laughs> so four a.m. You. Did you stay up all night or just get up for it? No, I got up and I stayed up. I had actually a really uh, rugby morning, which is uh, for any UK people, when I use the word noise, they'll know exactly what I mean. And uh, mm. I literally just watched rugby in the morning, which is, I mean... Yeah, I have to admit, I, I, was, I was up and I was ready and all the sort of nervous and anxious energy that I did have probably kept me awake. We're looking, or we were looking after our friend's dog over the weekend and coming into the lounge, he just looked at me as if to go at 4am, what are you doing up? Can you not disturb me? Um, but I was ready to go. I was ready to support the guys on. And uh, yeah, it's 12 hours time difference for me, Bill, from wow. from here in, in California. So understandably, we've had a couple of messages asking, oh, can we get maybe the odd sort of current Eagle player on to come on and have a chat? Love to. I'm in communication with them every week. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they'd fancy getting up at 6 a.m., and joining on a call or joining on this they have a lot to think about so uh, unfortunately we won't be necessarily bringing live people from the u.s team at the moment in dubai um but yeah talking about those current eagles uh, eagles bill what do you think from the weekend a 10 try fest for the eagles nervy and slow start well, they got going in the end, the boys, and an impressive second half. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, my wife oftentimes would come into uh, our little theater room here and she'll say, who are you yelling at? I'm like, the, the screen, the TV, the game. I'm yelling at the boys. <laughs> <laughs> that was me for the first 20, 30 minutes of the game. Um, you know, obviously very happy with the win. It's exactly what we needed as far as an outcome goes. Um, but I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was worried. I was just, I thought we would be better off as far as discipline went into that. Because even you remember last week, I talked to Big Joe, and he talked about how much they worked on discipline and and maturing as a team, and and how hard it was uh, to take that result in Cal in Colorado and such. But then to see it happening again in the first twenty, now I want to chalk that up to maybe a lot of inexperience out there. Also, you know, a, a handful of new caps, that kind of deal. A lot of the guys that maybe have played together a little bit in South Africa, but not as much as we'd like. People seem to calm down you know um you know a couple of players you know uh, marcy did a great job as captain uh, but once they started calming down and, and start panicking it's almost like they panicked a bit too that they weren't winning by 30 30 minutes in the game you know it's it's stuff like that that frustrated me from the beginning of the game but overall i mean generally speaking we can't be any happier than with a, a 10 try out you know a performance 
that's the main thing, isn't it? It's all about getting that result. And I can completely understand, as an Eagle fan, a little bit of frustration early doors. To be honest, for me, it didn't massively surprise me. Slow, nervous, not really knowing what to expect from this tournament. And aside where USA Rugby have never played in the 15s game. We have never played Kenya until that mm. Sunday, which is, well, quite an impressive stat, really. Those games, Bill, can go two ways, in my opinion. You know, you can play down to an opposition's level, and that's no disrespect to Kenya, but it ends up being a bit of a dogfight. And that clearly was in that first 20 minutes. Let's not take anything away from the Kenyans. They were in the fight. I think the boys were in the right areas of the pitch, the USA Eagles, and they were wanting and implementing good things but just that lack of control. Um, the referee was not really on our side for those driving mules. I don't want anyone asking me about driving mules because I'll be <laughs> honest, I know nothing. I try and kick the ball as close as I can to the corner and just hope <laughs> that it gets pushed over. But look, you know, it, in the end, there were some really positive things, some really good outcomes. I, I would say, I'm going to just make a quick comment, Bill. I was, I am, I felt for them, Kenya. They've had no time together. Clearly, a lot of their perceived best players are going to be on the seventh circuit but in the end they they were pretty poor a lot of fight but pretty poor and it just makes me feel for african rugby you've got south africa and namibia sort of hold the flag for african uh, rugby i'd love to see kenya you know really push towards getting towards that sort of top tier two i i guess title i i don't know maybe i've been a bit mean um but in the end what i would say is focus on our lads they came good it looked clean. It had flow in that second half. And the ball was moving really well. Set piece looked really strong. So overall, I think as Eagles fans, should be relatively happy. I mean, maybe it's uh, worth getting a few mentions or a few comments or questions from anyone listening in currently at the moment who uh, who also got up and watched and what they thought, Bill. Uh, I don't know if we've got anyone coming in as I speak just now. Not just yet, but uh, just a reminder to the listeners, your fans, um, to do so. Go ahead and request in the bottom left of the screen. Uh, come on up, ask a question, comment about the game. How do you feel how the team did? Um, strengths, weaknesses, uh, any standout players? I know Will and I, we should talk about players here in a second, too. Uh, but fans, I'd love to have you ask questions away. Uh, I mean, Will and I can, you know, we'll, we'll talk to a blue in a face, but uh, who wants to hear that? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Will, just... Other than the maybe discipline, whatever else, I mean, in my mind, the only other, um, what do you want to call it, dark spot, whatever, in the match was possibly the yellow from, from CC. Um, tough. It could have been a lot worse. Um, as you look back at it, could have been a red. Maybe it, it, it could turn into a red. It could venture for him. It could be done for the rest of the repiage. Um, but I, in the end, it didn't hurt us. It didn't help us either, but it didn't hurt us in those 10 minutes. Um, in your experience at that level, at this level of international rugby, a yellow in the in midway through the first half in a game that we're not completely taken over yet, you know, what does that mean to the team? Is that demoralizing or is that just, um, it's a bump, let's keep going? Difficult one, difficult one, because ultimately, uh, I think it was a bump and let's keep going is what happened on the weekend. And we were lucky. There's no doubt about it. Um, I can't not make comment. Um, do I think in the end it was probably the right card given? Probably not. CC was lucky. But what I would say is CC is a competitor. He's a top guy. There's no way in his armory he meant that in a malicious, deliberate way. Unfortunately, in rugby at the moment, we're seeing these things that do need to be eradicated from the game. I am in the, back, the backing that things like that incident should be looked at. And unfortunately, punishments will naturally come. Um, we've got to make sure that we are taking care of player welfare and particularly in that head area. It was, yeah, it was an unfortunate incident. Uh, it was dealt with at the time. Was it the right choice? Maybe not. Were we lucky for the USA? Absolutely. But uh, let me say again, CC's a good guy. He did not mean that with, uh, with malice, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the replay, he, it's you know it's unfortunate. Um, it looked like he possibly came off the back and then up to the head. But you're right. I mean, it's just he's he's being physical, like everyone else is out there doing. There's nothing malice about it. But um, uh, with that said, let's let's jump to our first uh, fan. Uh, love the guys at the Scrum of the Earth. Glad to have you guys back. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, everybody hearing me? Okay. Of course. All good. Excellent. Um, I hope you don't mind a, a quick two-parter. Um, 
playing Kenya first, it seems like it might have been the easiest match. I think everyone agrees that Portugal is probably going to be the toughest one. I have no idea what to think about Hong Kong, but um, would it have been better to get the toughest match out of the way at first and then sort of ease on out of there? And uh, second part, completely unrelated, how good is Mitch Wilson? <laughs> Do you want to do you want to answer the the the, uh, the first bit of that bill in terms of uh, I'll be interested in your view. Would we rather have a tough start or the start that we've just had against Kenya? Sure, and I definitely want to give my two cents about Mitchie. Um, you know what? No, I think this is ideal, and I believe World Rugby set it up this way anyway. Um, where it was the highest seed against the lowest seed? No, no, no. We I, I really feel like we need these matches. The same with Portugal, um, expecting us to be in that final match for the the, the last spot. We need these games to. Um, play together to get the minutes together to get in guys like mitch wilson to get in guys like the other uh uncapped players um and like i said portugal needs the same thing i think it's it's very important for both teams to have these i don't want to call them warm-up matches because i don't want to disrespect any of these teams because hong kong's not going to be as easy as kenya but yeah i think it's extremely important i would just i would just add to that as well bill yeah i, I think it it proves a nicer pathway for the u.s I think having this progression in games is a good way. We had guys coming in from European clubs, settle them in over the next couple of weeks. I don't want to look past at all Hong Kong because we'll come on to that a bit later. They've got some good good players and a good side. But what I would say is that game against Portugal... Well, rugby wanted to put it that way. It's the decider. I'm sure, I'm confident, I'm hopeful, obviously, that it will be the decider. Um, and yeah, and just lastly to say, absolutely, I'm really delighted for Mitch uh, Wilson to get his first cap. Um, just a bit of a lecture. I described him last week as the potential to be a USA Shane Williams. Um, I'm hoping that's not going to be the downfall of him now that I've given him that label. But he lived up to it. I thought, no, really, really solid performance. Hopefully, I have a lot of confidence going into next week. And with with Mitch, um, I really feel like he put his hand up to continue playing in the next two matches, not just against Hong Kong. I can see him um, at least coming off the bench in the Portugal match. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, I, well, I don't know the team yet. I'm stumbling well, yeah. there because I love to say, yes, he'll be there playing, but I don't know the team. Um, <laughs> but for sure, I think he, he put in a performance that will, um, I, I have no doubt, keep him in that position. Why not? He played well. Yeah, uh, fans, again, uh, this is your chance to come up and talk about the match, um, share your opinions, um, comments, or just ask us a question that we may or may not know about, but we'll uh, do our best to answer it. Um, again, we're, we're going to be talking the match for a little while here until uh, we go to our first guest later, or our only guest later. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, let's talk about the players, Will. What do you say? Who, who else stood out for you? Yeah, well, well, should we start with the man of the match first? Um, well. Good old Dylan the Butcher Fawcett. 32 years old. I was talking about um, another hooker last week, Joe Talfate, our guest, who was fantastic. <laughs> and I said he was 30 years old. I didn't appreciate the butchers two years older than him. But anyway, I need to stop talking <laughs> about age. He is a veteran. He's a leader on the pitch and off the field. Uh, he's a top character. Three tries in his 60 minutes, or roughly 60 minutes that he was on. I thought he was really impressive in the set piece, around the park. Endless energy that man has. Endless energy. Again, I stress on and off the field. The thing which I was really happy for him is just his ability to show his ball handling skills. There's a lovely try that he helped set up for Christian Dyer in the second half. And I'm telling you, as a back, if I see forwards in the wide channel, you always are a little bit worried. You're like, either get out the way or can you provide a good set of hands? Dylan produced a lovely take and give. Something which looks so simple, but I'm telling you, fans, it's not, especially if you're a front rower. He put Christian Dyer away. That was a really good bit of skill. And as I say, I think he had a quality game and deserved man of the match. No, no doubt. And he, he, he was a fighter in there. Um, and I, I think another player told me once, um, it, it must be nice to be a hooker uh, and get those easy tries. But I'm not going to say uh, who that player was because uh, he would probably be pissed off if I did. But um, uh, <laughs> the players that, that really stood out for me, other than Mitch Wilson, I was just going to say Mitch most of the time, were uh, the loose boards. I thought, you know, I love uh, Fanata Schultz. I just, he re totally reminds me of, of uh, Samu Manoa, um, you know, if he can find his destructive defensive side, I think he's going to be a beast for USA. And also, it could be a matter of time until he finds his way over in Europe. Um, Corey Daniel, you know, I, I could speed. Mm. I think he played so well on the outside there of, of the pack. Uh, I like where the forwards are going. I like where the loose forwards are going. I think we have a lot of options. And I did like, I liked having Cam Dolan in the locks. I know we're kind of um, strung right now as far as the Nick Savetta or whatever, but I liked him there. 
you know, uh, and he's, yeah. he's a leader in the pack. Um, and he chances for these other players who maybe have a little more speed than Cam does now. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way those guys went. A lot of fun to watch them, especially when things start clicking. Uh, Will you go into the second half of that game and our backs? We're finally we're getting we're keeping ball in hand more. We're finally opening up the defense of Kenya, and you can see what running rugby is like. and And I don't know if you noticed it. It, it seems like um, maybe the coaches, especially maybe the the, the couple of new coaches with Gary, were maybe pushing the idea of of more offloads. And what I mean by that is, like in the tackle, I saw a lot more t- a lot more chances of us turning and trying to offload the ball, very much like the um, Fijians would do, whatever else. Uh, did you notice that at all? Yeah, look, it's amazing what confidence does. Uh, and the only player that I was going to pick up as well was, um, was of course, Christian Dyer, who also picked up a, a hat trick. Yeah, I, I would say Christian Dyer on the wing was got the benefits of a moving ball. Uh, equally, actually, I would say in the first half, he looked dangerous. He put a lovely 50-22 kick in. And I always think with, with CD, he, he has this ability when he, when he gets the ball, you think he's going to beat that first man. You think he's going to beat that first man, which is so important as a winger. Um, he was impressive. The only thing I would like to say, I just like to see him when he does catch the ball around the halfway line. Is look what's in front of him. He, he hit that beautiful 50-22, but there was literally no one in front of him when he took that ball. Look, the 50-22 led to a brilliant try. We talked about the butcher, uh, Dylan Fawcett. Coming around the corner, he must have had a pint of Guinness in him. He was hissing coming around that corner of the line out. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just love CD to look up and see what's in front of him. If he's got nowhere, that no one there, then let the boy run. Anyway, look, we can keep talking about players. We can keep talking about the uh, uh, the the game on the weekend. But we've got our special guest in today, tonight, and I'm really excited to introduce him, Bill, awesome. because he's a bit of a USA rugby legend. When it, especially when it comes to World Cups, three rugby World Cups to his name: 2003, 2007, 2011. Um, a pretty impressive career he had in the Eagles shirt: 54 caps for the 15s, 17 appearances for the USA sevens, and described by one rugby journalist here in the US as one of the greatest American outside backs. Wow. That, that's exactly, wow, that's pretty good going. He had some very infamous moments. We'll come on to that when we talk to him, but it gives me great pleasure to welcome uh, Paul Emmerich onto the show. Paul, I hope you can hear me, and hopefully now you can speak. Um, how are you doing? Well, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry about sorry about the the sound that we just put the, the round of applause. I wish we had a massive audience, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, and don't worry about your dog. It's all the more authentic, frankly. We hear a bit of, of barking in the background. Um, Paul, easy first question. You said to me that you watched the game on the on the weekend with the guys against Kenya. What were your thoughts? Oh, it was good. I think the their time together in South Africa was good, and uh, you know they they uh, obviously didn't. I I didn't think start their uh, their strongest side, but. You know, they played with some good go forward and and uh, did what they needed to do. So um, big points difference and Hong Kong will be another test. And then I think it'll be down to Portugal, won't it? Yeah, we were talking about that earlier for sure. I think World Rugby have deliberately put Portugal as the last game just to make everyone that a little bit more nervous. Look, talk, talking of nerves, though, I mean, you've experienced uh, qualification campaigns with the U.S., You've experienced even repercharge back in the day. We spoke to Dan Lyle last week. He was with you in 2002. Just take me back to those memories that you had, uh, the nerves and the, uh, I don't know, excitement of trying to qualify and make it to a World Cup. Well, so I was was just coming into the fold for the national team, 2003, and I didn't, I I didn't take, place into all of the uh we lost to uruguay on the home and away aggregate and then um you know got down to a few others we played uh i think uh one of the bahamas yeah i think it was maybe and anywho so spain the 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 second leg spain was when i got my first uh cap was in that qualifier but uh i just remember being in camp it was like you know um, we didn't get the result we wanted, but next job um, is is this uh, Spain and Bahamas um, were the teams to beat, and uh, we got it done. So, being in that tournament, though, I mean, it's that last chance saloon or whatever we called it before on, on the show last week. Yeah, as a player, how hard is it to not 
sort of well actually i'll say how hard is it to compartmentalize the feeling of getting the outcome done but making sure you don't look too far ahead of yourself because you need to think about the here and now and the performance of winning in these i don't know back for you it was a two-leg series but for the for the guys in dubai it's three games yeah yeah i mean the pressure's on right um you got to perform and you dig deep and as i said i was i was a, a fresh face coming into that and um, you look to some of the old heads like Dan Lyle and Dave Hodges and um, Tom Bills was the, was the coach at the time. But, um, you know, you just kind of look to them and, and take the lead and, and uh, do what you need to do to do your part, right? Absolutely. And you obviously did do your part because you ended up going to that 2003 Rugby World Cup. That was your first one. You then had 2007, 2011. I can remember some great memories of you. One's, one which was really good, the other which was probably not so good for you. One was in 2007, which was against England, and that tip tackle that you did and got sent off. I don't know why, but that image has gone around world rugby still, I think. I think it was Ollie Barkley that you tip tackled. But anyway, and then, of course, that infamous try against the Irish in 2011. Um, what, what ranks to the highest in your sort of experiences and memories of your time at a World Cup in a USA jersey? Well, I think we can agree the 07 was a bit of a disappointment for sure. You know, that that was a, a tackle that just went wrong. But, you know, just getting to the World Cup and, and representing your country at, at the pinnacle is, is an accomplishment. Um, but, you know, to do it three times, I was, I was incredibly lucky. I think uh, just with timing and, and being healthy, uh, I think is, is another thing you gotta you gotta consider. You know, the eleven I think was uh, was probably my best World Cup and, and one I enjoyed the most. Hey Paul, uh, when you look at the the modern um, centers compared to uh, during your day, say your heyday, what are your thoughts of these centers these days? And just generally speaking, so as far as USA, Paul Gay Campbell, they're big dudes. You know, what's your thought on their play these days? I mean, there, there's always been like this mix of like. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll, he wasn't all that big of a guy. Right. Um, and then I played against, like, uh, Sonny Parker week in, week out. Um, he played for Wales. And, you know, he was he was a big dude. He was all 6'4", kind of 245, rangy and fast. Um, but uh, I think now with the game, um, there's more systems in place than when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's kind of some loose patterns and scripted plays, but um now it's a bit more you know with systems and and playing within that um i think uh now for midfielders um you definitely puts more of an onus in being well-rounded particularly with the kicking game now with 50 22 um you know you start looking out the back of of some of these second layers and it provides good kicking opportunities Uh, and fans, uh, just a reminder that we'd love to have you come up here and ask Paul, myself, or Will questions or comments about this this past weekend's games, or just you know USA rugby in general. Uh, to do so, just at the bottom left of your screen, just hit the request button. We'll get you up here as soon as possible. Bring it on. Try to be a little quick with it. Also, we try to get as many fans as possible. Uh, and you know, the scrum of the earth. You guys are still up here. I know you've been up for a bit. Do you have a question? Uh, sorry, I, I I know I keep bugging you, uh, Paul. It's so great to talk to you. Um, so growing up in the United States. You know, your whole life you're told the United States should be better. The men's team should be better at rugby. We should be on the international stage at a higher level. And the reasons they always cite are we have size and we have uh, uh, athleticism. It seems like that helped us in the Kenya match. Um, Is that combination still our best asset? And is Gary Gold taking advantage of that? It's an interesting one. So... Talk to Dave Hodges when he first went over to Clenethley over in Wales. Um, by default, of all of the years he had from S&C conditioning and, and weights and stuff, um, he did a lot of the programming and implementation of, their, of the strength conditioning, right? Um, that was early 2000s, right? Even um, when, when I was over there in, you know, uh, 03 to 13 was kind of my playing range. Um, the SC, SNC was catching up, catching up, catching up. So I think the the quality of athletes or the access to quality training that that these guys have now overseas is, is really caught up where we were kind of with football, that, that pushing edge, right? 
Um, but I think in rugby, definitely that's all caught up. So the, the access to those resources are, are definitely on par with what we have here. Um, now it's about, you know, I guess the numbers game. Um, do we have the number of athletes? Yes. Are they playing rugby? Some of them. You know, that's that's kind of the initiative of the of the Raptors. But if everyone's having the same resources with, you know, S and C, I think it's it really comes down to, you know, playing time, right? Playing earlier, um, multi-sport athletes. So if they go and they play college football, basketball or whatever, um, they can come back to rugby after they're done. But it's a tough one. I mean, that's that's layers upon layers upon layers, right? <laughs> That's a that's a great question, and and, and Paul, you, I, I kind of want to come in a little bit with that as well because I think what's so interesting about you is you've done it as a player here in the states. You also have done it and are doing it as a coach. Obviously, your experience with the Houston SaberCats and MLR, uh, your experience with the Glendale Raptors as well. I just want to, to kind of want you to expand a little bit more on where you think American rugby is at at the moment where it needs to go as well um uh where we're at we're, we're in repishage right now is where we're at <laughs> <laughs> um you know we're we'll, we'll get we'll get through and and uh um we'll get to this world cup uh we'll be goal one but uh you know it, it's uh you could look easily to the slar model of um you know 90 percent of the uruguayan national team chilean national team we're all playing together time together Mm. Um, I remember I was down, um, when I was in Houston, Gary Gold came down, did a presentation and one of the factors he spoke about was a cohesion factor, right? And he had, uh, um, very, his formula and, and stuff like that and was looking at a cohesion factor of his teams. Um, and interesting enough, you know, I think that'd be one of the things that, uh, was to the South Americans advantage, right? Over 90% of those guys have been playing with each other for, you know, a high competitive season for 12 weeks. Right. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there needs to be significant opportunities for Americans to play at a high level, not, you know, at all levels, developing, um, levels as well. You know, it's interesting. You look at when we got our first scalp with Scotland in 2018, I think that was the first time I saw a 23 man roster that was fully professional, right? Every guy was doing week in, week out, full time training, full time weights, full time um, skills, full time environment, right? Um, our team's getting a little older. Perhaps that's a lack of opportunities for new guys coming through. Um, I'm not sure, but um, I think, uh, you know, getting that centralized effort and you know, young guys, significant opportunities, play in a significant competition is the way forward. That's what we got to do. Hey, Will, let me jump in real quick. I mean, I, I actually have a question for you, Will. Uh, prior to you, you know, before you were uh, coming into the USA camp and, and finding out that you actually could, um, what was your impression? I mean, you were playing for Bedford and a few other teams around the same time. What was your impression of uh, American rugby? That's a great question. Um, and I almost wanted to get get that out of Paul with, with his really early days when he first came in. But I, look, for me, I remember it was 2017. I, it was actually in Germany, of all places, Frankfurt, on an American uh, military base over there. Yeah, you couldn't really script that. But um, I, I, I remember it being actually pretty professional back then. I was probably very lucky when I first came in the system. Guys were slowly, like, there was this major league rugby that was kind of on the works i think it came in of course major league rugby um in around that 2017 2018 mark um and gary gold was literally coming into the system as well so when, whenever i think of my first experiences with the u.s I do remember it as being good ones. And I have to say, I, I was in that lucky stage where I probably joined at the, at the right time. Um, but I know if I joined probably a year before, like Paul said, guys were not professional. They might have been kind of semi-professional. I know there was that pro league that was out in America that unfortunately flopped. Um, but it was, you know, I, I honestly can't say anything really other than sort of good things and it's interesting Paul made that comment about 2018 that was one of my favorite rugby years and being part of the Eagles winning that uh, game against Scotland and as you want to look back to that year we had a lot of time to get with each other we played quite a lot there was the ARC there was a summer series that summer series to this day was 
three of the best weeks of my rugby career, if I'm honest. We smashed Russia, beat Scotland, and then smashed Canada. And then we had a great autumn tour that took us around Europe, beat Samoa, had a great game in Chicago against against New Zealand Maoris and ended up at 60 minutes. We were really in it against Ireland. Um, it, I, I guess that was the timing and everything was great back then. Did, did we naturally kick on? Probably not. Um, and it's interesting the, the remarks Paul, Paul makes. And, I, and I've got to ask Paul to you, did you ever see that sort of transition be- between an amateur to a professional side of things with USA Rugby in your time? Um, in my time playing, there would be, you know, there'd be like eight to 12 guys that were, you know, overseas. Um, and then the rest were, you know, making it work either with their club side or going to school and, uh, you know, trying to train as, as much as they can and, uh, and be as prepared as much as they can. But, you know, there's no substitute for, you know, high level games week in, week out. Right. Paul, when, can we, let's talk about Glendale for a second. Um, when you look at that, your time there, obviously um, you're leaving, you left the club recently. Um, looking back with the Raptors, you know, what, how can you explain success for that, that program? And what I mean by that is like, what was the gauge for success for you guys? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, obviously their, their intentions are uh, to join the Slar league um, in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, success would be that, you know, as, as we're tracking guys, you know, that we're, we're, we're progressing, we're progressing, right? Weird mixture of, of, uh, rugby, of rugby guys, you know, guys we played in high school and they're circling back to rugby and, um, then throw in some, you know, division one athletes and stuff. So, you know, it's, uh, it's everything from, from schemes to, um, these are the laws around the ruck, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes for uh, makes for a little bit of a challenging environment, but um, you just got to rely on you know veteran guys helping to bring everyone along. Um, but uh, you know, it's I guess part of that program is saying that uh, you know to access the best best athletes in America, uh, we're not going to get access to them until like they're you know twenty three and they're done playing football, right? Are the that comes back to the question: Are our best athletes playing rugby? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, fans, again, uh, we'd love to have you come up here and ask a question or a comment. Uh, any of us up here, go ahead and request the bottom left. We don't have a ton of time left with Paul, so come on up as, as soon as you can. Uh, again, any questions? Great. I'd love to have you talk. And don't worry, uh, it's not scary at all. We don't bite. I mean, Will might a little bit since he didn't win the lottery, but uh, <laughs> you but either come- will. <laughs> Honestly, Paul, it was in California. Can you believe it? I missed out on $2.02 billion. I missed out. I, I, I was so close. I keep saying I, but the realism was that I was never going to win it. But anyway, I think we might have a request coming in, Bill. Yeah, I think he's still connecting. Um, and while he's connecting, let me uh, ask Paul another question here. And this could be a really quick answer for you. Uh, we just talked about you recently departing Raptors. Is it- you can share about your future plans? Well, I think uh, I'm uh, just regrouping and uh, uh, we're, we're planning what's going to be next year in the next next few weeks. Um, the, uh, the the departure was uh, pretty sudden and unexpected. So yeah. um, as it's professional sport, but uh, um, I like Denver. So we're going to stick around here for a bit and uh, uh, we'll regroup. All right, let's go to another fan. Ashton, good to see you up here. Uh, okay, there um, he I have some. I have terrible connection. Um, good evening, lads. Um, I have a question for Will. I'm a winger, and I have been playing rugby since 2016. Um, during my rugby career, I got hit in the left eye, which fractured the orbital bone around my eye, which had me um, out of rugby for two two years. Um, in situations like that, um, have you, I just want to know, have you ever been in an injury situation where have, that has you, that have you set back and how did you overcome that injury to get in, to, the, to, to where you are uh, at the moment, if you have ever been injured that seriously? Ashton, really, really appreciate your question, my man. That's honestly, um, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to hear uh, about that injury for you. The fact of the matter is, is yes, 
as a rugby player, I've had my fair share of injuries. I'm actually currently going through one at the moment. I had shoulder surgery in the summer uh, and therefore I'm literally on the road to recovery as we speak. Um, the thing is, man, is the best way of I, how I can look at that is you can only control your controllables. And it's so easy for me to say that. It's just words. But if you can really try and think about it in that way, then everything else in terms of getting back or how you'll be when you get back, that's in the future. You know, what has happened is you got injured. You've got to be in the present moment. I mean, if I look from my example to my example at the moment, I would love to be in Dubai with the US team uh, in this rapid charge competition, but I'm not. I'm not fit enough. Um, I've gone to the gym this morning. I've done my physio work. I've done my training to make sure that I'm getting back fitter and stronger than I was before. As I say, Ashton, they're, they're easy words for me to say. And the, f- the fact that any rugby player is out there to get to where they've got to have gone through hard times and injuries are part and parcel of our game i'm sorry to hear that for you um stick at it be patient work hard and in the uh what's the phrase that um tom hanks i remember said on a podcast not that long ago it shall pass and that's always the the thing i try my best to to say my wife would laugh at me because she's like yeah sure you really do do that don't you yeah unfortunately i'm not the best at it but bad times shall pass my friend and i'm sure about being back out there uh, and and achieving what you want to achieve. Yeah, good luck, Ashton. That's a great question. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, well, uh, well, actually, Paul, let's ask you real quick about this weekend coming up. Uh, we've got Hong Kong. Uh, what are your thoughts on the match? Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, Hong Kong. You know, they they didn't show so well against uh, um, Portugal. They struggled a bit. Um, Lewis Evans is actually one of my old teammates um, from Wales. We played together. He was a flanker uh, when I was at the Dragons. So, um, but uh, uh, you know, we can't certainly overlook anyone. Um, they had some pretty big forwards. I don't know if you if you saw their match. Um, they got some pretty big guys, but yeah, I think we should be able to handle them pretty well. I feel I feel confident. Yeah. Before we let you go, Paul, and and Will also, if you want to chime in. And watch these games. Um, are you just? Are you just? I don't know. You chewing your nails, thinking, "Wow, I would love to be out there." Is it just killing you? Is it different for you guys? Um, I'm not gonna lie. Seeing some of the the big Kenyans running about and, and feeling my shoulder, I was thinking to myself. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I fancy that. But no, at the same time, jokes aside, I would be desperate to be out there, man. It's, it's such an important time for USA Rugby. And to think that I could contribute in some way would be amazing. Paul, I don't know about you now, about how the body's feeling at the age you're at at the moment. Would you want to get oh, back no. out there? For, 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 I mean, back in my day, of course. But uh, um, now would be, I don't know if I'd make it through the warm-up, to be honest. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you would, but look, Paul. I just want to I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, massive respect for being so open and honest. Uh, I know you're cheering the guys on, and and thank you, thank you once again for for joining in on the Eagle Space, Paul Emmerich. Everyone, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, and uh, let's go get the job done. We'll be in the World Cup. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Well, well done. You know, you know, uh, Will. I I I feel like. Um, I, I think we need more time with these guys. They're amazing. And and with that said, I, I really want to go back to Ashton again. Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's go for it. Ashton, you got another question for us. Far away, buddy. And Ashton, yes. where are you from? Yes, I do have another question. I currently have a tournament coming up in Mexico hosted by Rugby American North. And I'm currently experiencing um, a strain calf. And I, I'm a little bit shaky about um, partial dependent in that competition i'm either thinking about should i rest it or should i go out there and do a best because i'm 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 a winger uh i'm from belize which rugby in belize is currently still growing a lot of people in my country don't know about rugby and it's our job as players to help spread awareness in this in the, in, in the country about rugby but my main question is due to my strength have um my my team need me to be out there but uh I'm also saying to myself that I should rest my leg to to not increase any further injury to my leg because uh, I have wheels and I don't have any re- any sub for me at that time. So what 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 would you do if you if you were in my situation? Um, Will I tell you what? 
my friend, listen to your body. I do not know the state of your calf, unfortunately. Um, but as much as you want to be out there and you can push through that pain, then again, that's the rugby playing life, unfortunately. But at the same time, you've got to put forward as to whether you're going to be a hindrance for your team or not. So it's about listening to your body. I'm sorry, that's not probably the best answer I can give you, Ashton, but I love the way that you're so passionate about the game. I love the way that you're trying to grow the game as well. Um, and whatever happens, when you wake up on that morning, hopefully you get out there, hopefully you'll feel good. And we wish you genuinely, my friend, all the very best. Yeah, good luck, Ashton. Right then, Bill. Should we um, should we move on for the last bit of the show just to have a look at, obviously, Hong Kong that's coming up this weekend on Saturday. It's live, of course, on the Rugby Network. Free to stream. Do not forget that, rugby fans in America. I know you've been waiting for this time to not pay for watching it. But anyway, so we're really happy that it's on the Rugby Network. Bill, um, so Hong Kong, to get to the position they're in at the moment, they beat uh, South Korea. They lost to Tonga. They only lost to Tonga 44-22. And I know a little bit about the inside of their camp because I know one player in particular in their team. I played with him at Bedford Blues, Matt Worley on the wing. Quality player, actually good finisher, so someone to be aware of. I know they've lacked time with each other, particularly in recent times, but they are a team, I don't know what you think, that have good players, good rugby brains, guys that have played in the UK leagues, the lower leagues, um, and clearly know their stuff. Yeah, and you look at that roster, there's there's not a lot of players playing outside of the Hong Kong uh, Premier League. I think it's, I forget what the top leagues they're called. Um, you're looking at maybe six players on this squad, uh, Repiage squad, squad that have played outside of Hong Kong. And you're talking about, like you said, Matt, um, Jack Neville, who plays for Nottingham. Um, he scored a try against Portugal last weekend from the wing. So, and, and, and you and I both noted that um, their backs are quick. They're good with the ball, you know, and I, and I feel like that if USA is sloppy with the ball and doesn't have possession around their backs and we're not in a defensive position after losing the ball, Hong Kong has the potential to quickly turn around and counter and up the field quickly and we'll be on our heels, which would not be good for us. The one thing we cannot do is come out in the first 20, 30 minutes like we did against Kenya. No, I do agree with you. And what I would say about Hong Kong is I reckon that first game against Portugal was almost really blowing cobwebs um, out of their system. So I think they're naturally going to be better. I know they had a new halfback partnership. It was Jamie Lauder and Gregor McNeish, two Scottish names. You can probably hear that just with the uh, with those surnames. But those are two good players. And, and obviously with their experience of, of playing with each other last week properly and, and moving in, I'm sure they'll play again going into the game again. Against the USA Eagles on Saturday. No, they, look, they are a team we'll have to take very seriously. Uh, Paul Emmerich said brilliantly about their their forwards. They're they're strong. They're, they're quite big. They've got a driving more that caused uh, Portugal a bit of problem. So yeah, it'd be very interesting. And I tell you, what will be interesting as well to hear. I believe we've got a couple of our listeners who want to uh, chime in with some of their thoughts as well. Yeah, let's go do it. Hey, Fitzy. Bill, Will, can I just call you guys, guys uh, B-dubs? Does that just work? <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, guys, good, good show as, as, as always. Um, question for, for either one of you, I guess. Will, you could start maybe with this one. Anticipate probably that the uh, European-based professionals will probably be in the starting 15 for this one. Um, if you're Gary Gold, knowing that, again, you don't want to look ahead, to Portugal, but the, with the anticipation, the expectation that, you know, USA beats Hong Kong. If you're coach Gary Gold, are there certain things you're still maybe trying to hold back in terms of game plan or are you not worried about Portugal right now? It's just, hey, let's let's put a number on Hong Kong and then we'll we'll focus on Portugal after. It has to be that way, Fitzy. It really does. And I know that sounds a bit, again, of a rubbish answer to your, to probably what you're trying to fish out of me. But I do believe you've got to take Hong Kong. Hong Kong are a different, are a different team to Portugal. They possess different traits to Portugal. We'll come on to Portugal next week. But Hong Kong will, will be physical up front and they have a good know-how to their game. I mentioned the halfbacks earlier, the Scottish duo. No doubt that they've got good rugby IQ and they've got some good players out wide as well. As I mentioned earlier, Matt Worley in particular from Bedford Blues is a top try scorer. Um, I think in terms of the European players, it's an interesting one now because obviously Gary drip-fed them in, like we talked about last week. He drip-fed them in on Sunday against Kenya. 
what does he do now? Because you've got players in, in those positions which those European players play in who I thought went really well. For example, Dylan Fawcett was man of the match. We were talking earlier about how good he was at the weekend. What do you do there? you got um, KP on the bench. you got uh, Mikey on the bench. Two quality hookers. Um, but then can you really drop Dylan? I, I don't know. Look, it's, Gary's got some good competition going on. I imagine the likes of someone, of course, like the captain, AJ McGinty, will probably come in, although I was really pleased to see Luke Carty really find his feet in that game. I thought he had a really strong sort of first um, 20 minutes of that second half. So we shall see. We shall see. I'll be interested to find out when the team comes out. You know, I I think, I personally, and of course, what do I know, but I personally think um, they are working towards Portugal. I think really think the rosters were set with Portugal in mind. And, and what I mean by that is working in AJ, KP, whoever else, and not starting them right away, but getting them, you know, into the game um, and getting them, you know, the younger players get their first taste, get them involved. So if they did play against Portugal, it wouldn't be, you know, uh, um, Mitch Wilson at fullback that hasn't played a national match yet. It wouldn't be that. So in that aspect, I think they are working towards Portugal. Um, it's not often that USA is in a match where we can put out our, our second side. Not, I don't like saying second side, but not our full side match and still feel confident about winning, and that was Kenya. I think we're halfway between Portugal and Kenya in that mindset. I think you're going to start seeing maybe Mikey Sisseni start or KP start. You're going to see Chance up there in, in the front row. You're going to see possibly Lasica, whoever else, taking the bench and making room for get Campbell in there to start. Get, you know, Chris uh, Matama didn't hasn't played yet, you know. That kind of stuff. And who knows, CC possibly won't play this weekend. So does Peterson start. So maybe getting him in the minutes. I mean, Peterson, uh, no one worries about him in minutes because the guy plays 85 minutes a game and gets subbed. But I think at this point, going to the Portugal, we can't worry about players hurt. Um, and it's a matter of getting them working together uh, before that match. Totally agree. I mean, let's remember, Hong Kong got nothing to lose, though, OK? So we keep we keep mentioning Portugal, but let's make sure that we get past Hong Kong this weekend. Um, so, yeah, great question, Fitzy. We'll find out, I guess, this week, as Gary meant, uh, names his team. So speaking of the team, well, before we close up shop tonight, um, who do you think is going to get some playing minutes this weekend? In terms of guys off the bench, yes, I, I do believe the likes of an AJ McGinty will will be in there. Um, really interesting, you mentioned Bryce Campbell. I thought he looked really good when he came on uh, mm-hmm. in that last 20 minutes. Moving the ball, fantastic. Um, but then uh, w- what I would say is everyone in that side had their really good moments in, in, in that game. I know we talked about the first 20 minutes being a slow, nervy start, but I thought everyone in the team had those good moments. Um across the whole board I, I, what is always I look towards for us as a US um, system and how we play is is our set piece strong and it looks strong scrum looked great let's not forget people like Paul Mullen I thought he scrummed brilliantly you know the likes of Nate Sylvia coming on how can I not mention him my fellow San, San Diego Legion gaining his first cap I thought he was excellent um, coming onto the field uh, with 20 minutes to go however long left it was um It'd be interesting. I, I, I would be just plucking names out of thin air as to who I think will be in this team because I do believe there's good competition. That's what we want and the guys will be training hard and we will be making sure that we do not, we do not take Hong Kong for granted. You know, I, I'd love to, a couple more players I want to talk about. I'd love to see play this weekend. Benassa needs to get out there. Yes. Uh, I mentioned Martina before. Um, throw him the back. Campbell and then and then Kenny Kenny uh, I can't say his last name Nasakiki <laughs> something like that even I can't sorry <laughs> he's a massive uh, body I'd love to see him get get a start or at least come off the bench in second row um, those are three I'd love to see get out there absolutely indeed um, for sure have we got any other last questions as we kind of wrap up tonight I realise we started a little bit later as we waited for people to come through um, do far away. Any last questions? What I should say on the repercharge this weekend, and in particular Hong Kong. Go ahead, Fitzy. Yeah, I got one more question. You guys may have mentioned this earlier, and I apologize if it's a repeat question. But uh, Bill, you saw this, and Will, you may have seen it too. USA they dropped from 19th in the world to 20th. I think for rugby fans, USA rugby fans, that probably means more than the players. Do the players really give a crap about those rankings? I personally don't. I think what matters is results at the key time. 
I use, for example, and I'm sorry if there's any Irish fans out there, fantastic your team is doing at the moment. <laughs> but what I would say is it's a horrible coincidence that the year before the World Cup, Ireland, the number one team in the world, they beat the All Blacks, they do this, they do that. And then don't perform at the World Cup and don't get through to a semi-final, of course, try and win the thing. Now, by the way, I must add, I think Ireland's a quality. So I think, actually, they look like they're on a good run of form heading into next World Cup. I, I can't say we do look at those rankings. It's disappointing. When you, when you hear that number, 20, I remember I talked earlier about 2018 when we beat Scotland, we beat Samoa, and we were on a great run, we won the ARC. We were, I think, either 11 or 12th in the, in, in the, in the league. I've written about it recently in, in the, on the Rugby Network about how it's been a tough, tough process and journey since the last World Cup through all sort of uncontrollable things, whether that would be obviously the financial situation of USA Rugby, the pandemic, time together, whatever it may be. We're in the position we're in. We are 20th. I believe we actually win on the weekend. We go back to 19th. What really matters though, Fitzy, is we can be 100th or we can be number one. I don't care at the moment. Let's just get to the Rugby World Cup. And with that said, Fitzy, we'll still have you. What's your your guess and score this weekend? Um, I think it's got to be a bonus point win. I think it's got to be another statement win. I'm going to go Men's Eagles, 35, Hong Kong. They score a couple tries. They'll get maybe 17. Yeah, I, I had uh, I woke up with forty eight seventeen in my mind, and Will, I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot. That's tough for you to, to guess the score. I roughly agree with you both. So obviously, I hope it's a hundred nil. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I think that's good. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, a thank you to everyone who's joined in today. Some cracking questions. Big shout out to Ashton for coming on, growing the game, asking some questions about rugby and and how to look after himself and be better so big shout out to him but massive massive thank you to paul emmerich who was our special guest today he was just so honest and and had some great insight about usa rugby and his brilliant experiences being part of three rugby world cups that's i mean when i even say that three rugby world cups are so impressive thank you to everyone joining in bill thank you once again shame we didn't win that powerball lottery like we talked about earlier but hopefully the real lottery it's not even a lottery we want to win is this river charge competition which of course goes again against hong kong on saturday do you know the timing for that bill was it 10 30 a.m eastern time i believe yeah it sounds about right so 7 30 pacific time for me bit bit more uh let's just say sociable than 4 a.m from the weekend <laughs> yeah thanks will thanks everybody for for tuning in tonight all you actually thanks so much for asking questions uh we're doing this again next tuesday right will Yes, correct. Next Tuesday we'll be back, hopefully celebrating a Hong Kong win and a big look, big look ahead to Portugal the following week. And, and quick, uh, if you don't mind me saying, quick thing, we're, uh, we have another spaces tomorrow night uh, with myself and my other co-host, John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning. We're going to be talking more Major League Rugby and Sevens, actually. So join us tomorrow night, too. There's a lot of great opportunities to talk American Rugby here on, on the spaces, the Twitter spaces. Again, thanks, everybody. Uh, for Will, I'm Bill Baker, Eagles Overseas. Have a great week and great weekend. Go Eagles. Thank you. Bye-bye.